I'm teaching the foundational series, and I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 4 just to give you a reason. On Friday nights, I'm teaching on God's supernatural power. We're to be supernatural. The church started supernaturally. Uh, Jesus' ministry had attesting signs, wonders, and miracles. And in the end times, in, Genesis, in, in uh, Revelation, there will be fantastic, legitimate, God-shaped miracles that will be occurring. I'm convinced Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that there's no sense in God gutting the huge, vast history of the church and only allowing the bookends to manifest glory God is glorious. He never changes. He's supernatural. He has not diminished. And he wants to manifest himself in these last days. And he wants to find people that will yield to him, understand it, and learn how to flow and uh, cooperate with God. Aren't you glad for that? So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, realize this, that in last days difficult times will come. And then it itemizes the disturbing attitudes, uh, self-centered narcissism, meanness, irreverence, and so forth. And um, evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, it says in verse 13, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, everybody say you, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them. He said that from childhood you have known the sacred writings Now, if you've been in Sunday services, I started the series intentionally on the integrity and the authority of God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And oh, by the way, it says this right here. It says all scripture is inspired by God. Let me get ahead of this. I I, I back up a little bit. Um, He says, knowing from whom you learn in verse 15, and that from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom That leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, let's read verse 16 out loud. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I propose this to each and every one of you. You're God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. You've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. There are things imprinted in your system. There's something called potential, and that is latent giftedness and things that God has administered to you since before you were formed in your mother's womb. There are key things that God has uh, that he wants you to pursue and identify uh, so that according to the proper working of each individual part, We'll see growth in the body. We'll see the building up of itself in love. We're all to grow up in all aspects in him. Look at somebody and say, oh, grow up. You wanted to say that. We're all on a growth potential. We're all on a learning curve. And we're to grow up in all aspects in him. And uh, this is like a miracle grow moment where God is fertilizing our faith with the, the incorruptible seed of God's word. We've been born again of the incorruptible seed of God's word. Pay attention to this. And God is, he's installed this in our spirit. He said in Jeremiah chapter one, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. A verse in Matthew says he knows the number of hairs on our heads. In Deuteronomy, it says, as our days are, so shall our strength be. 
Who in here would say, man, I can attest, God's brought me through a lot of stuff in my life. Who has a testimony in here? We overcome with the word of our testimony. The things we've come through that define us. God's brought us through. He's a God of all comfort. He's walked us through trials. He was with us in trouble. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about us. So we're on a study now and we're, we're transitioning from the integrity of God's word. All scripture is inspired by God. It's God breathed. It's eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. His word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus is the word made flesh. And we live by the word. So Genesis, all the way through to Malachi, the Old Testament, we study it, we learn. Then Matthew, all the way to Revelation, we grow in our faith. We study the Gospels to watch how Jesus interacted with people village to village. We look at the book of Acts as the prototype pattern of how Jesus started the church that he said he would build, that the gates of hell will not prevail against. We read things like 1 Corinthians and Romans and Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and, and John's uh, writings, and, and then the, the revelation and the amazingness of revelation. Bible says if you read Revelation, you'll be blessed. Don't be afraid of it. We're going to talk about the end times and eschatology. Uh, we're going to talk about things that have happened, things that are happening prophetically, things that will happen. But this is what the scripture is emphasizing right here, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So many of us feel inadequate, even Paul the Apostle himself. He said, who's adequate for these things? And then he answers his own question. He said, God has made us able servants of the New Testament. So God is our ability. God is the one that's launching us out into a, such a purpose that it cannot be fulfilled in human power. We have to have the supernatural God uh, working through us because the things he's called us to do basically are ridiculous in human, human terms. With man, things are limited and impossible. We're finite, but yet with God who's in eternal, all things are possible. I love the French Bible and in the Psalms, it translates uh, the Lord as l'eternal or the eternal. And I love the French translation of that Hebrew idea because God always has been and always will be. There's nobody like him. There are things in his personality that are distinct and unique and intrinsic to him. And so we as human beings, finite human beings, yet we get invited into eternal life. And in a very real sense, we learn to walk in the light of eternal life. Whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to conform to the image of his son. The plans he has for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. He knew the transitional times of your life. He knew when your parents would pass. He knew when you'd come into 2021 and that it would be governed by these certain harsh elements of society. God knew that Timothy would be uh, immersed in the beginnings of pastoral ministry in the context of the Roman Empire which, with all of its hedonistic harshness, all of its uh, evil pseudo-logic and all of its harshness and all of its failure and degradation and also the, the cold formalism that had gripped their own Jewish religion and how there was a reviving of Jesus coming in to reveal the Father and reveal relationship and deliver people out of sin and bring people into wholeness and help and, and value. And now here we are in 2021 
And it's, this, these are the literal end times of the end times. This was, he said, in the last days, difficult time will come. And this was applied to Timothy 2,000 years ago. How much more has humanity lapsed and degraded? It's not going up. It's, 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 been a, it's been a degradation. And yet, that who has overcome the world but he that believes Jesus is the Son of God? So we go on and Paul says, I solemnly charge you, verse 1, chapter 4, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom. Look at this, verse 2. This is why I'm doing this series. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn to myths. He said, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So here we are in this moment, brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Aren't you glad you get to be alive in 2021? I used to aspire, I wish I was alive during Bible days, I could walk with Jesus village to village. No, these next days are the best days. The Bible says in Hebrews that we have a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. They're cheering us on from the grandstands of heaven. Abraham sees what we have now, and, and Paul the Apostle and King David and the, the disciples, the early church, and they're cheering us on from the, the, the banisters of heaven and from the voicings of the Scripture. And this is our time. These are our days. And God has his hand on your life and his purposes are very clear. And generally, he wants us to be people of prayer. He wants us to be people of praise. He wants us to be generous givers. He wants us to be servants. The greatest in the kingdom is a servant of all. He wants us to be quick to forgive and quick to ask forgiveness, not bear a grudge or carry ill will. He wants us to grow up, wants us to be spiritually alert, not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Aren't you glad you could actually get your mind renewed? Aren't you glad if you come in with dysfunction or you've got brokenness or you've been diagnosed with something that the Lord is such a faithful counselor that he'll walk you through the valley and he'll walk you through the fire and he'll walk you through the hardships and through the storms of life and he'll see you through because he's our shepherd and we shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us by quiet waters. I will restore your soul. That's what he says. Psalm 19 talks about how that word is so pure, it will restore your soul. I'm a big believer in being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be not conformed to this world, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, but be transformed. That Greek word is metamorpho, which is the word we get metamorphosis. So from a caterpillar to a butterfly, from a tadpole to a bullfrog. That's where Barry McGuire got bullfrogs and butterflies. And uh, it's a wonderful idea. One time when uh, Chelsea was about five years old and Barry McGuire was just turning 50. He's up in his 80s now. I think he lives in New Zealand or something. He married a New Zealand Kiwi girl. And uh, he, he, he was singing Bullfrogs and Butterflies to my daughter. I, we had him in for a concert. I promoted a concert and it was a great concert. He came in with his guitar. He sang, he sang his famous song, Eve of Destruction. I mean, go look at those lyrics. That's intense. He, he and I got saved in the Jesus movement. He was a Broadway singer. He was in the New Christie Minstrels. He was a famous uh, guy at that point. He was on the Hair, the famous Broadway, a uh, crazy, crazy uh, naked deal. And uh, 
you know. And, uh, and he, he, he said he was at a party at John Phillips' house, and he was depressed, and he was looking out the window at this party, and you could be depressed in the middle of festivities, but he said he told me that on the radio, or on the record player came, Simon and Garfunkel, two Jewish guys from New York, wrote a song for a movie, Mrs. Robinson, Jesus Loves You More Than You Will Know. And he told me that when he heard those lyrics on a pop song on the record player at his friend's house at a party in Hollywood somewhere, that when he heard that phrase, that was the catalyst that got him prompted toward getting saved. God will use anything, man. God will use these things. Praise the Lord. And he got radically saved. So he had my little Chelsea on his lap and my little redheaded firstborn Chelsea. And he's singing, bullfrogs and butterflies. He's like a cross between Santa Claus and Burl Ives. And it was so sweet. And, and, and he was an easy, he was easy to host because I was responsible to get him a meal. And he said, just take me to 7-Eleven and I'll get a microwave burrito. I said, hey, you're a cheap date. So I gave him, you know, five bucks or whatever. He went in there. And as he went into the store and the doors closed, Chelsea was leaning up on the dashboard. And she said, I wish Barry McGuire was my dad. <laughs> totally dissed. Except for one thing. I agreed. I wish he was my dad, too. So for the rest of her life, I will pick different people and I say, I wish that was my daughter. I wish that was my son, just to rub it. Special kind of cruelty around here. But anyway, <laughs> preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So as your pastor, as an equipper, based on Ephesians chapter 4, God had these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers set in the church. Why? for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. So my proposal to you from those indicators is this. Everybody God calls, he equips. And we're all called, and, and many are called, few are chosen, but because people are dismissive and rejecting. But then when you repent, you become a new creation. And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking for people whose hearts are his, that he may strongly support. That's an amazing idea, isn't it? And that because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, he makes everything beautiful in its time. He has said eternity in their hearts. And yet it says that people don't really seek him. People can't really find him in their own human power. You see so much blockage and so much darkness. And why? Why don't people believe? Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. So we have this finite being called the devil, and I'll be teaching on angels and demons down the road, and we'll have discussion about this, and clarity will come, and uh, it'll be helpful to you. But right now, I want you to get tethered to this idea. God has a plan for each one of your lives since you were a little bitty. God has a purpose that he wants to bring to pass, and he's always providing opportunity. He opens a door no man can shut. The windows of heaven are opened up to us through Jesus Christ. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And we're learning now about the nature of God. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's, he's omnibenevolent. God is love. We're going to talk about that quite a bit. And he's omnipresent, a very present help in trouble. Can I tell you, when I got lost in the open sea in New Zealand and I was alone, I wasn't alone, 
Can I tell you that when I was so sad trying to drive down the road trying to find somebody that was untethered from normal and out there lost that God helped me in that moment? Can I tell you when our church flooded and it was mind-numbing and overwhelming, we had 10 feet of water in this building, and I had to provide leadership in that, and it was something I'd never been in before. God gave me grace and wisdom to help me through it. And God, we've never been in 2021 before. We've never come through a pandemic like this. And all these social variables, all these opinions that all sound pretty much even, you know, you're trying to grasp and figure out what real knowledge and real logic and real facts are, you know. I want to just tell you, God's word is factual. It's all inspired by God. It's God-breathed. Uh, Men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote down implicitly what God wanted to have said, and God has preserved it by the magnificence of his Holy Spirit. The agency of his Holy Spirit has taken care of and preserved these 66 books so that we can have these treasured truths, and we can study and meditate day and night, and then we can be careful to do all that is written in it, for then we'll make our way prosperous, then we'll have good success. Can I hear an amen? So these things were written because things would be going whack in the end and that it was important for us. It says, but you uh, preach the word, but you be ready in season and out of season. Be ready. Everybody say, I'm ready. That's the opposite of lethargic. That's the opposite of apathy. Be available to the Holy Spirit. Realize a lot of what God's about to do is not always sensational. I heard a minister make a great point that I never forgot. He said some of the greatest demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit through his life and ministry came at a time when he didn't really even feel any different. We've had some of the greater, more notable miracles recently in our church in a context of tiredness and busyness, and and yet praying the prayer of faith, we've watched God do some extraordinary, uh, amazing, miraculous things. The miracles are for today. And we need to learn to be prone toward the things that are correctly laid out in the scriptures and rightly divide the word. Amen? So now, that's my introduction, and I've got 10 minutes to tell you my conclusion. But there's nothing new about that. I want to just basically go to two scriptures. The one I started with last week, and I'm going to end with Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Please go to Revelation, I mean, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read a couple of verses just to underscore when you got up this morning and you looked up at the beautiful sky and the trees and heard the birds chirping and breathed the fresh air and uh, had a sip of cool water or whatever you did or coffee that you understand there's a revelation of God embedded in all of this. It says in chapter 1 of Romans, Paul is preaching to former idolaters who have come to terms with the true living God. There's one God. They're coming out of pluralism and relativism into an understanding of a monotheistic framework that there's one central God of the universe. It says, because that which is known about God, verse 19, chapter 1, Romans, that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. I should read verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, wrath is part of God's nature, but God's wrath was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And in 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says, when you and I or we are born again, we're not destined for wrath. 
Who in here could raise both hands and both feet and shout hallelujah at the same time? Who's glad for that? What a relief. Because our God is a God of justice, and he cannot lie. And when he sets things in motion, he doesn't change. And so that's serious, but yet that's why it underscores the amazingness of Jesus and his sacrifice when he died. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had never had broken fellowship, but he took our sin, which created broken fellowship, and he died for us. And that's the deep, deep truth. And on Memorial Weekend, we honor soldiers. And on Memorial Weekend, we want to remember that Jesus died to give us freedom. He that the sun sets free is free indeed. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. There's evidence. God makes things evident. And it says in verse 20, For since the creation of the world, three things, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. The, the ability to see comes from God. The ability to hear comes from God. The ability for reproduction comes from God. He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That was a God initiative. He has put life in seeds that if a seed would just be set on a, on a windowsill and the sun would dry it up and it would get all pruny and dry, uh, yet there still was life in the seed. Archaeologists have discovered seeds in the arid sands and desert areas of, the, uh, of Egypt, and they've pulled those seeds out, and they've put them in and, and germinated them, and they've sprouted and they've grown after 4,000, 5,000 years. And there's, there's life in the word, and, and it's incorruptible seed. It can't be corrupted. It's holy and it's pure. That's why we ought to spend time sifting through the pages. And when we read something like this, we see that God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature is clearly seen through the created world. John Moore mentioned that, that to me uh, that that's the lowest form of revelation, the, but yet God is revealing himself. He, he's, he's not hiding from people. He's bringing revelation to people. He, he's, he's revealing himself every sunrise, every sunset. I got up early this morning and I saw a little bit of orange on the sunrise and I saw the, su the sky was all silver. When I drove to the first service, there was a big cloud, what we call fog, but it was a low cloud all over the valley. And I drove into it and I just thought about the glory of God and just the uniqueness of, of evaporation and, and of uh, rain and, and so forth and, and, and just the amazingness of all this. I, I mean, I, I get tripped out on his invisible attributes, his his eternal power, and his divine nature. And they've been clearly seen through what is, being, what is made so that, that people are without excuse. God set eternity in their hearts. And, you know, obviously somewhere along the line, you've responded to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You've been drawn by God to these conclusions. But I feel we need to understand a little bit about God's image and God's characteristics Last week, I talked about the omnis of God. He's omnipresent. He's with us. Not pantheism, where God and nature are all the same. God is a person. He's a personality. But he's present and pervasive. He lives above and beyond the time-space realm. This is, where we go. this is where we go Star Trek right now. Beam me up, Scotty. This is amazing. God is beyond space and time. Faith is even beyond space and time. 
That's why we see such, we see sometimes a process, but we see sometimes instant because God is bigger than space and time. He gave space and time to us because we are human finite beings. And yet he also made us in his image and therefore we are eternal. That's why little babies are so valuable because God actually knew them before they were formed in the mother's womb and they start out on an, on an eternal destiny. It's an amazing thing. That's why we've got to train them up in the way they should go. That's why we've got to reveal God to them. That's why as crazy as the world is, we've got to come to terms with who our God is. And the Holy Spirit will always and only guide us into all the truth. So we need to understand the truth about God. He's been disparaged. He's been misrepresented. Humanity has a, a, a kind of a, a distorted perspective on who God is, but, but God reveals himself. And this is how I want to finish today's lesson. Uh, I, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 1 and talk to you about Jesus. Can I talk to you about Jesus? I'm telling you, Jesus is legit. Jesus is fully God and fully man. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So... The big verse for me has always been what Peter preached in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Listen, I study the Old Testament, I read the book of Job, but I read about it in light of what Jesus has brought in the New Testament. I study the whole Bible in the light of my redemption. I look at everything through the blood of Jesus. It helps me not to misinterpret Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. It helps me to understand end time doctrine out of Matthew chapter 24. I'm telling you, as we study to show ourselves approved to God, we'll learn how to rightly divide the word and we won't be deceived. Jesus said, see to it that no one deceive you. And remember, I got born again in the early 1970s in California, which was at that time the land of fruits and nuts. It was cultic craziness, Eastern religions, drug, sex, rock and roll craziness, all over the place. And simple, essential Bible doctrine cut right through all the darkness and touched my young life. And thankfully, I had orthodox, basic, essential believers that loved Jesus present the gospel to me, get me saved, get me filled with the Holy Spirit, and get me on point with the word. And I just want to give Jesus all the praise, honor, glory, and credit. And God has assigned this house to be a house of prayer, a house of evangelism, a house of discipleship. Pray the Lord of the harvest, thrust forth laborers into the harvest field. Harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. This broke my heart when I read it, because I felt like when I got early in, in Christian life, before I got called into the ministry, I saw I had a ministry of reconciliation. I was a product of wide awake, genuine believers, unashamedly, unapologetically, and yet not awkwardly communicating the gospel in an organic way. They weren't spooky, they weren't quivery, they weren't trying to draw attention to themselves, they weren't flailing and acting like they were more spiritual than everybody else. They were just essential, genuine, approachable people. And I'm so grateful that that was modeled at that time. Later on, I saw a lot of church behaviors and things that I just pray would be excised out of the church so we could go and be supernaturally natural, naturally supernatural. I have a dream that we will be sharing Jesus effectively in a non-threatening way, not using church speak and lingo that nobody else could understand, but also not holding back from the simplicity and purity of the excellency of knowing Jesus. Can I hear an amen? So look at this verse. 
look at Hebrews. I love this. It starts out with God. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. Does anybody know who wrote the first four, five books of the Bible? Moses. He was prophetic. And God spoke through Moses. In fact, the Bible says in one case, Moses spoke the oracles of God. You know, his words didn't fall to the ground because they were from God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books written by Moses. Then there's all the prophecy from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah, Malachi, Hosea, Joel, and so forth. And, and then we have the poetry books of, of Psalms from David primarily, Proverbs from Solomon primarily, Ecclesiastes from Solomon, the book is Songs of Solomon from Solomon. And then we see all these amazing documentations during seasons and times. The phenomenon of the story of Job in such a primitive place without the advantage of the covenants and the law and so many other factors and having just to tough it out, attributing so much to God. He loved God so much that he, 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 you know, he just said things like the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Not all of Job's conclusions, if you judge scripture with scripture, all of it's the word of God, but not all of Job's conclusions were completely accurate, just like Ecclesiastes. Some of Solomon's conclusions were because he was backslidden. He was saying vanity of vanity, and he was out in a bad state when he went out and saw all these kinds of views. So you look at this, and you can judge Scripture with Scripture, and then you can prevent yourself from being deceived. And then when people come along with all kinds of, of doctrine, winds of doctrine, you can go, wait a minute. And you can, you can study and see, search the scriptures to see if these things are so. It'll help you to be disciplined for the purpose of godliness and to not be misled or, or deceived. Uh, because men will go from bad to worse, imposters deceiving and being deceived. And in the amplification of the end times, knowledge will increase. I believe there's, you know, the access to information is probably the highest it's ever been by the internet and so forth. And that's good and bad. But I also believe in the end times, knowledge about God is going to increase. And we're going to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And uh, there's no new scripture being written. So don't, don't listen to any of that. But, but we might as well go in and ask God to help us to understand like this right here. That's good the way I did that. God, after he spoke long ago in the, to the fathers in, in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. Look at this. In these last days... He has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Verse 3, look at these things, three things. He is the radiance of his glory. Say that. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Say that. And the exact representation of his nature. That's why he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The exact representation of the Father's nature. If you want to know God's nature, watch Jesus. If you want to understand the glory of God, watch Jesus. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. Say that. Upholds all things by the words of his power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He's supernatural. God is good. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The Hebrew word is hesed. 
It appears, I think, 160 sometimes in the Old Testament. It's translated as loving kindness, favor, mercy, pity, compassion. All those are good. But the best definition I, I've had for hesed, that God is good, that he's, when we say God is good, when Asa is in church, he says, when I say God is good, what does Asa say? All the time. Right. I missed that. Obligatory, loyal love. Say that. Obligatory, loyal love. So when God calls us to walk in commitment and walk with devotion, like, for example, I think of my marriage covenant, I've obligated myself to be loyal and loving to my wife. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And Jesus gave himself up for the church. He sacrificed. And that's a representation of who God the Father is. Jesus actually came, pulled away the veil, and said, have you met my Father yet? In the Old Testament, they didn't think of God as in that endearing way. They thought of him as judge. They thought of him in a different term. But Jesus was so emphatic about it that in Matthew, he used a term to define it as a more intimate, personal connection. And I've been watching my kids with their babies and just the way they are so loving to them and fatherly. I watch the fathers, and I, and I see that tendency to be, be tolerant and to be, te- be patient and to train and, you know, kind of be able to read when a kid is it's a, a tired cry or it's a rebellious cry. You know, a tired cry, you just give them a pass. A rebellious cry, you correct it, you know, and you do it with gentleness. And God, our Heavenly Father, sent Jesus basically with a spirit of adoption. And he said, hey, I want you to go get all those disenfranchised orphans out there, and I want to I invite them back into fellowship. They've all been lost because of Adam and Eve's fall, and the, the collateral damage is alienation and separation. Christianity at its best is a relationship. Christianity is not a principle-based movement. It's a person-based movement. That would be Jesus. And Jesus is the exact representation of the Father's nature. And then we have been made partakers of the divine nature. I can't wait to preach about righteousness. I'm going to preach on sin and I'm going to preach on righteousness. They have to go together. But I'm telling you, Jesus takes us out of darkness, translates us and transfers us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son, If anyone is in Christ, he or she becomes a brand new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. Why? Because God the Heavenly Father mandated that. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And with God, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. He's powerful. He's all-powerful, meaning with God, all things are possible. And yet it's amazing. There are some things God can't do. He cannot lie. He doesn't retain and remember our sins because he said he would throw them in the sea of forgetfulness. And that like like the blood of Jesus would cancel out our debt of sin. And that he he doesn't remember. People say, well, you're going to get to heaven and God's going to pop in a VHS of all your bad sins and he's going to play that for everybody in heaven. Uh, Is inconsistent with the New Testament. Jesus came to eradicate the sin condition. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God reveals, is revealed through Jesus. Look, he's the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. Jesus exactly represents God and his great love for humanity. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. Who in here is super glad for that? Who in here is like, God, 
I, I don't deserve it, I can't earn it, but I definitely receive it. See, and the effect of righteousness then will be peace, and it'll be confidence forever. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He advocates for us. He stands on the legal groundwork that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. But since there was the, was the shedding of blood and the atonement on the cross, there has been a tremendous resolve that's been made available for humanity. That's why Paul was preaching it to the Romans. That's why the writer of Hebrews was communicating that to the, the body of believers called the Hebrews. And this is such an encouragement to know that this God is our God and that Jesus exemplifies this primary. When we think about God, what do we think? God is love. 1 John Chapter 4, beloved, let us love, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that doesn't love doesn't know God, because God is love. Society needs, and I'm getting ready to close because they're playing my music, and I'm done with my speech. But I want to leave you with this, a lingering impact to get you to understand the nature of God. Yes, he, is, he has wrath. Yes, he is just. Yes, he is the judge of the universe. But in that judgment and in that wrath and in that context that was poured out on Jesus Christ so that we could be forgiven and stand in this dimension of, of knowing that we can draw nearer to God without the sense of guilt, inferiority, or condemnation. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And your loved ones, your mom who just passed, that love Jesus, they're present with the Lord. And he's the God of all comfort. So you cry and you're heart and you you're now the adult and you you know and, and it's such a loss with your dad and then your mom and it's like man and yet we know God is so good and he's got things covered for you and he's got your next steps in your life and he's just so faithful and what you know your brother with the no hitter and then the things God has for you the things God has for you no embellishment necessary you have a a potential there's like a set of gifts on the inside of you you're made in God's image. You're made for his purposes. The spirit of the world will try to downplay it, try to diminish you. That's why Paul said, see to it, don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. That's why, you know, we, 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 we meditate on the word day and night. And people will say, well, you, you know, you're just burying your head in the book. Absolutely I am. I need my mind renewed. Who, who needs this? You need a checkup from the neck up. This needs to be re-scrubbed every now and then. You notice fingernails, you know, my dad taught me to keep my fingernails clean. So I clip them and keep them clean. It's, I'm, kind of, I'm not weird about it, but I'm, I keep them clean. And, and, uh, and, and it, it, you just, you know, when you get stuff in there, it's like, I got to wash those out. And you go through life in your head, you get your mind renewed. This is the day the Lord has made. I've had a great time in church. Praise God. Pastor Jeff's almost done. I'm getting ready to go out. Hallelujah. And, and, and then life just gets cruddy around you. You made the mistake of flipping on the news. Or, or, you know, you, you, something flashed up on your phone and you went into the rabbit hole of it. It's like, ah, help me, you know, and, and we get our mind renewed and we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He said he'd keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds stayed on him. Let's all stand up on our feet. We're going to talk more about the nature of God as we go. But man, remember, God is love and Jesus proved it by dying on the cross and in case you've never been saved, I want to tell you today is a day of salvation for you. 
Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've been away from God, I was for a while backslidden, find your way back to Jesus and rededicate and re-up and redevote today. This is an opportunity for you to yield to God. Listen, there's an open heaven. God's got his everlasting arms out before you. Listen, can I say this? God's not against you. If God's for us, who can be against us? He didn't spare his own son, but he freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us good things? You know what that means? Taste and see that the Lord is good. I serve a good God. You serve a good God. God is good. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give a life and give it more abundantly. Everybody say abundant life. Hallelujah for abundant life. Hallelujah for the life that's quantitative and qualitative. Your mom and your dad are together. There's heaven. All resolved, no strife. Heaven. Heaven is even going to have acquaintances and people that we had falling outs with and things like that. And it's like, hey, man, it's, it's better here, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, we won't even have to go, hey, I'm really sorry for how that went. You know, it's going to all be covered. No more tears, no more sadness, no temptation, no weirdness. Praise God forever. But during this difficult era that we're embedded in, we learn about the Word of God and the things of God and the Holy Spirit of God and the power of righteousness. And we understand what the devil is as our opponent, how much authority Jesus has given us. We understand that we're to be supernatural and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Lay hands on your ribcage. Say, I have a potential in me to fight the good fight of faith, to be obedient, to yield to Jesus. God has a plan for my life. I want to walk with him. The people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. 2021, a year of strength, hope, joy, courage. Only be strong and very courageous. Having done all to stand, I stand. Amen. Now, God, I pray God makes his face shine on you. I pray you'd be glad. I pray signs and wonders follow you. Seasons of refreshing, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Healing, I lose healing power of God to get on people's bodies and eradicate blockages, cancer cell development, any kind of toxicity. I pray that kidneys get re-amped. I pray that glands get taken care of. I pray for all the systems, lymphatic systems, nerve systems, bones, muscles, uh, digestion, uh, uh, female, male, all the issues of our lives, our thinking. I break the power of the devil and the cycle of the defeat and uh, strategies of the devil. And I pray the victory over each person in this house. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you.